Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Vyadaris, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast. This episode is brought to you by Paramount+. Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount+. Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG-13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. This goss is piping, mama. We've got a Halloweeny roundup, art pop celebrating 10 years, and a new book club segment with special guest Chanel Perillo. Plus, we are joined by Jason Rosenberg to have an informed discussion about the violence happening in Israel and Palestine and how the U.S. is directly involved. And it wouldn't be hot goss without some messy DMs. We've got Drick ass and some drag. Plus, a little straight boy crush to unpack. Uh, Ooh, I wonder how that'll go. You ready to goss it up? You know I am. M. Oh. M. Mom. La 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 la, ooh la la. La 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 la, la 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 la. Ooh la 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 la. Welcome back for another steaming, piping, scalding, serving of This is our weekly chat show where we talk about events in our lives, gossip, and politics, and take a deep dive into DMs. So let's get into some. How dare you interrupt our intellectually stimulating intro? I am here to report that Trinity the Tuck Taylor never got her gowns from this week's Race Chaser Prize. Uh Oh, my God. Uh, A gown that will never arrive. The David Meester gowns were misered away by production. She's a great singer and a great actress, but a dressmaker, I'm sorry, she's not. Mm Mm-mm. Not at all. Anyway, Very how was it? in the World of Wonder people. And okay. you let me down, World of Wonder. You, know you let me race down. Chaser. This is hot gauze. Can you, I'm sorry. I love the World of Wonder people. Can you just... they, they lift me up every time. They lift me up. They engage me. They champion me. How was that Halloween for you? What, what's your, um, what was your costume? I love your costume. It wasn't a costume. It was a couture. It's a culture. Oh. I wore an outfit. That was a tran me down from Miley Cyrus to Kylie Sonique mm. Love to me personally. Um, and wow, mama. I had many looks, my first of which was um, Daisy Duck. Um, but she, her name is Daisy, Daisy Duck. Duck. She's so gorgeous. 
Daisy Duckets. Um, Daisy Duckets. <laughs> and then I was also Miss Jonathan Brandis from Ladybugs. See, and I, I need did, to Google who that is because you keep saying it. I'm like, uh. <laughs> well, here's why I did it because it's a movie that is basically grooming. This adult male uh, makes this teenage boy get into drag so he can play on a girl's soccer team that he coaches. And then they try to spook and befuddle the whole town. So he gets in drag. Well, yeah. Or not even drag. Like he masquerades as a young woman. They wig her up. And this song, uh, it was, it's just She very could use the lash, but she looks pretty. I mean, yeah, she's a twink. All twinks look good in drag the first time. Troy Sivan, friend of the pod. Hello, one of your girls. <laughs> you were a brilliant Halloween representation. You were the one and only, the singular burning sensation, Dina Martina. Yes. This is beautiful. You got it, the lips down pat. I, you know, it's, down very, it's very strange because Dina Martina has a very specific like head shape. Uh-huh. And I do not possess that particular head shape. So, like, you can do the makeup, but you can only go so far. But but I think that it was clear that I was Dina Martina. And if you don't know who Dina Martina is, look her up on YouTube. She's such a wacko and so funny. And one of my favorite drag acts, like, in existence. Mm -hmm. I'm seeing her um, tomorrow. Lucky, where? Palm Springs. And I oh my cannot God. wait. Where? I want to go. Um, Aren't you in New York? I'm in Palm Springs tomorrow. And Saturday and Sunday. Yeah, I'm seeing her tomorrow. Um, I don't know, at wherever she's doing. What'd you say, bitch? I just muted you. Um, Keep it cute or put it on mute. <laughs> <laughs> no, she's... I don't know where she's performing, but tomorrow in Palm Springs. Oh. I would love to see that if you do find out. Um, this outfit is gorgeous. It's called Google. Is it, is, it's oh. called Google. Oh. <laughs> you want me to Google it for you? I'm so sorry to have bothered you. Do you want me to Google it for you? Do you want me to buy you a ticket? Do you want me to buy you a ticket? disturbed you during your intellectual conversation. Girl. Wow. <laughs> sorry. Sorry. What am I? What is it? What is With your that? one arm? No, no, no I'm going to Google don't, don't, it. Now I'm going to Google it. No, don't don't make me twist your arm. Your good one. Set out of pocket. You're out of pocket. This wig. Dina Martina. <laughs> this Dina Martina wig. Yeah, you like that? I cut it myself. I razor <laughs> cut this hair myself. <laughs> with, with what foot, honey? <laughs> Listen, you Dina bitch. Martina. Um, Dina Martina is so funny. Look her up. She's in the HBO documentary wig that my drag daughters produced. She is so funny. Just the most hilarious person I've ever seen on a stage. Um, the second lady of entertainment. <laughs> That's Wait, literally her tagline. Dina Martina, Palm Springs. Maybe it's on her Instagram. She's like... She's kind of, if like Hecklina was looked at through like a kaleidoscope lens, they could be cousins <laughs> or sisters. She's at the Sonoran, Palm Springs. 
That sounds like a clothing optional resort. And it's called Substandards. <laughs> she doesn't sing standard. She sings substandard. She's so smart She's and so, so subversive. Funny and wacko. And I just. She's a wackadoodle. And I say that as a compliment. She is. Um, uh, How is that elbow healing up, girl? Um, I don't know. I have my follow-up tomorrow. I hope it's going okay. I mean, I don't know. It hurts. It feels weird. Like, I don't, like, uh, it, but I have an arm. I just can't, like, use it fully. Like, I can't lift weight with my left arm for, like, six weeks. So can you I, bend it's like it, a, or is it, like, Barbie arm? I can um bend it, but, like, certain movements are, like, weird. Like, it's not your cer- jerking arm, is it? Sir. <laughs> It's my left hand. It's my my submissive hand. It's not my dominant hand. Oh, do you ever jerk Um, off with your other hand? It feels so different. Um, uh, especially with lidocaine. Probably (laughs) lidocaine. Yeah, a little bit of numbness. You don't not as quick. Not quick. They call it nut quick. Ooh, nut quick. (laughs) Nut quick city limits. That's when you jerk off using Nestle's quick. Oh my god! The strawberry one—it's a mess. Um, but you should try uh, it. Are you ready for Art Pop November sixth? That's why I was asking about your arm. You're you're going to be ready. Do you need your understudy? Well, see, this is out. how it's gonna go. This is how it's gonna go. My Tell left me. hand is usually my microphone hand anyway, oh. so I do most of my movement and dance like things with my right arm. Yeah, because you're a dancer first, honestly. Uh, that's not true, but thank you. I mean, I've seen the tapes. You are a dancer. Roll the tapes. You're the Toots. blue beauty who who prances over dancers on stage, on television, on screens. I've seen them. You, you know are what? dancer. Dancers. <laughs> D- dancer. <laughs> We're getting ready for that's Art what Nick Pop. Has. <laughs> Art Pop LA. It is our what first is this time. Photo? It's the um, uh, it's from my Instagram. I did recreations of Lady Gaga's like um, she did like an art film about art pop where it's like her like in these crazy like costumes and like on a white background in slow motion like looking all avant garde. Some of them art films. I've got some on my phone like that. Uh, I am really looking forward to the show. Like we we've done so many shows. Like Divatronic shows in New York, but this is our first official one happening in LA. So it's like, it's very exciting. It's a lot of amazing, talented people. Like the dancers are incredible. We have a lot of special guests. Um, it's going to be fun. Oh, that sounds so, so exciting. I'm glad that you're bringing Divatronic to the West Coast because the New York shows are super. If you're in LA or the SoCal area, I implore you to go. These shows are fucking killer. The talent is amazing. And, They're giving um, it. Yeah, they really are. Um, we were giving it too last week. We were giving it so hard that we even gave over and above. We did the Race Chaser live show. We gave a great show. And then we gave like two grand to the gay and lesbian senior housing in Queens Senior Center. Center for that seniors. Audience was wonderful. And they were giving ducats, bitch. Two thousand mm-hmm. dollars in the course of one song. 
My dad gave a 20. Mama, the 20s were on the floor. No, my mom didn't tip. My dad did. <laughs> Your mom was like, my mom I don't was know, like, oh. do something. She said, get on the floor. Get on the floor. <laughs> You're not even doing floor work. Yeah. My mom's Bitch. a stickler. She said, I um, can hear Aretha in the back of this song. You're doing it with the vocals. <laughs> we sang over top of an existing song. What? <laughs> uh, we, we were, we, you know, double tracking is standard in the industry. A lot of, mm-hmm. a lot of great artists do it. Mm-hmm. It was an artistic choice. I mean, RuPaul and Brigitte Nielsen did it. Why yeah. can't we? Burp, yeah. burp. <laughs> and we looked great. I had three hair changes, three nail changes, three outfit changes. Um, I don't wear um, wigs. I just wore my natural hair. Yeah, but you did put a barrette in it, and that counts as a hair change, I think. Yeah. A, a single bobby pin. A barrette, um, single bobby pin. <laughs> I had a fucking snake. We had a pit crew member from Canada. We had everything. We had we had everything that we talked about in the ad. We had stunts. We and had shows. The and more was there. We had animals. Legends, Wigs. stars, statements, piano. Singular sensations. Non-singular Singular sensations. sensations. <laughs> I want to do more of these. It's my new album. It's called Results. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, I went to your wedding. Which one? <laughs> <laughs> um, I want to do more of these because I had so much fun. Yeah, uh, it was a really fun time. And if you listening want to see Race Chaser live in your city, send us a letter. Tell us where we should perform. Tell us tell us you got some money for us. Ooh, wait. We have a rainbow spotlight this week. And this is we really do. exciting because Stones, the artist whose song this is, is a friend of mine. And she's in the Art Pop show on Monday. Oh, my gosh. I love also, that. Also, the reason we're doing a show on a Monday, okay. First of all, drag show's happen on Mondays all the time. Have you ever heard of Showgirls? But we're doing it Monday because it's November 6th, which is the actual date 10 years ago that Art Pop came out. Oh my gosh. So it's an actual anniversary event on the anniversary. Anyway, it's exciting. But Stones is in the show and she is an amazing singer and she has a new single called Setting Fires, which we're going to take a quick listen to right now. So good. He will get for something he don't wanna see. He already know he can't trust me. But it's killing me to know that I can still lose him. I really do love him, but can't help but abuse him. I'm setting fires just to see what they'll do Put them all out Watch the smoke fill the room It's gonna scorch you Baby, I 
This episode is brought to you by Squarespace. Squarespace is an all-in-one website platform for entrepreneurs to stand out and succeed online. Whether you're just starting out or managing a growing brand, Squarespace makes it easy to create a beautiful website, engage with your audience, and sell anything from products to content to time all in one place all on your terms. We all know everything is online these days and it's important to stand out. Good web design will engage your audience. You know it's true. Right, and the business needs a website to feel real. And that's why Squarespace is so important. The good people at Drag Queen of the Year use it with great success. It's true, we did. We said we need a website and we need it fast. And guess what? Squarespace is fast and it looks really good. You don't have to know code or anything. Yeah, Squarespace has Fluid Engine, a next generation website design system. It's never been easier. Start with a best in class website template and customize every design detail with reimagined drag and drop technology for desktop or mobile. Plus, you can easily sell your products on an online store. Whether you sell physical, digital, or service products, Squarespace has the tools you need to start selling online. And the analytics are detailed and very helpful. Learn where your site visits are coming from and analyze which channels are most effective. You can even build a marketing strategy based on your top keywords or most popular products and content. They've got it all. So check out squarespace.com slash drag for a free trial. And when you're ready to launch, use offer code DRAG Drag. to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. That's squarespace.com slash DRAG. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Genuine. This this is the moment where uh, we have a little bit. You know, we like to read. Some of us queens like to read books. Mm -hmm. Willem. Mm -hmm. Some of us write books. And we also read books. So there is a book that has come out that everyone's talking about. This is, of course, The Woman in Me by Britney Spears. Yes. The, I'm listening to the audiobook narrated by Michelle Williams. And to join in on our Britney talk, Britney book talk, we have a very special guest. Very special guest. She now, is a, she a Dracula girl. I can't keep track. I don't watch this, these shows. I, which one is she? I think she's, I think she's one of the... Um, She's she's one of the cis girls that they're gonna let compete on season sixteen. Oh my one god! Of the cis girls. What's next? <laughs> I, I don't know. I don't. Oh know. Oh my god! Drags just going down the toilet, and we need to call a plumber. <laughs> um, this woman, Derek, is... <laughs> would you get in here and plunge this turlet? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, we well. have out of town guests. <laughs> They're gonna have to use the public bathroom. <laughs> As She's a dressing room. She's shaving her room. legs in the urinal. As a dressing What is going room. on? 
Our very special <laughs> guest today is the one, the only, Chanel, Chanel Perillo. Oh my God. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Hi, guys. Hi, Chanel. How are How's you? How's it going? Uh, you know, I'm doing great. It's so nice that you invited me to be on today to join your book club. So wait, have you read the book, Brittany, The, the, the Woman Inside Me? Um, by Reed, I listened. Um, I downloaded the Audible that day and re- for free. I didn't even know I had credits. I was so excited. And I binged the whole thing. I stayed up the first night until 3 a.m. And then I finished it on day two. What do yeah. you do while you listen to an audiobook? Do you like just stare at a wall? I always I always feel weird because I like want to keep listening, but I feel like I have to be doing something like brushing my teeth or like or driving. Stoning, Stoning works good. Do you Audible, just do you just Audible sit still an and listen to it? It it's always different for me with an Audible. Um I well, one, it's like a podcast, you know, like what do people do when they listen to this? I hope what? they stare at a wall. I hope they but literally sit Brittany, still. Brittany, I like it, it was so intense that I did. I really like laid there and like stared at the ceiling. It's that <laughs> like, good. Like it's it, that good. Like I didn't want to be distracted. I wanted to like take it all in. Yeah, I'm not like passively listening to this. I have to like focus. I have to like, but also brush my teeth. Mm-hmm. It's so cleaning, good. Yeah, like folding your laundry is a great thing to do during oh, an audible. Oh, such a good one. So the book is so good and it's so like infuriating. It's so like terrifying, like what it her is. family put her through. It's crazy that they cut your part from the book too, Chanel. <laughs> I mean, I had a whole chapter with K-Fed that they, that they just took out. Can you so tell wait, us a little sweet. bit more about that? About seeing the training potties for the kids and... You almost being their stepmom. Oh, <laughs> okay. You were we almost love- you were almost Preston and and Jay Fed's stepmom, weren't you? We love to dramatize oh, things. We love to dramatize things here on the podcast. Us? Never. <laughs> what the fuck are you talking about, girl? Shut up, Chanel. See, this is why you're shut up, Chanel. You lie. Fib and no. fabricate. No, I am here to tell the truth and. And nothing but the truth. Tell us, girl. So let me paint a picture. It was 2006, 2007. LA, it, LA nightlife was thriving. There was no smartphones. There was no Uber. There was just yellow cabs and <laughs> oh, a sidekick, yeah. a sidekick in my hand. The hottest clubs in LA Cocaine at the time. And <laughs> DUIs, because Uber didn't exist. So everyone well, was getting DUIs. Fun fact. Fun fact. <laughs> I everyone got, was getting I got my first DUI um, on the way to KFED's house in 2007. <laughs> so so if that does, yeah, yeah. So I was out like at, at that time. If you were in the magazines, you were out at one of these nightclubs. Like that's just how it was. So it was always in Us Weekly, always. Mm-hmm. And I was there Supper every club. fucking night of the week. There, Teddy's area. You know, the hills were the hills were being filmed. It was a time the hills to be were alive. alive. Yeah. The hills were The hills alive. also had eyes. I was 20 years old, so I wasn't even legal yet. Oh um, my God. but I was really thriving. I would go out on How a Tuesday you, and I'd wind up when you're not even 21. <laughs> LA girl. I was an LA girl, and the night I got the DUI going to KFED's house was so. How it worked back in those days, Officer, I need to go to KFED's. 
I became so my tactic to like hang out with celebrities was become friends with their bodyguards because their bodyguards used to tell us where they were going to be. So I would get like kick. I would get like um, text messages that would be like. Wilmer Valderrama, like Willie Wilmer's gonna be at Ladue tonight. Like, bring your girls. So they would like they the security guards like helped bring girls to the club, which is kind of crazy to think about now. And so I was in with at the time Wilmer Valderrama's um, crew, and I knew his bodyguard. I soon became friends with Big Mike, who happened to be Britney Spears and K Fed's bodyguard at the time. And he would text me and tell me where, like, where the guys were going to be. And so, yeah, I would, I would go to these, I would follow the instructions of the bodyguards and I would go to the club and hang out with them. Soon we became, like, to have a relationship with, like, K-Fed and Wilmer. And it was so weird because listening to the book, the way Britney's describing, like, the ending of their relationship, like, it made me feel really shitty because, like, K-Fed was out every fucking night. Yeah. And I'll never forget this one day we got invited to Willieville, which was Wilmer's uh, property in Tarzana. And me and my girlfriends went and K-Fed was there with the kids. Like we, I remember us playing with Britney Spears kids. Um, and I just feel so bad now because I'm like, her kids were taken from her and it's not like he was doing any better. You know what I mean? Like he was smoking yeah. a lot of weed. He was partying like and what like it just made me feel like really shitty. And then I remember this one night, <laughs> which is crazy because I got a DUI going to K-Fed's house and then I still continued to go back. Like <laughs> drunk. <Christ. laughs> one night me and my girlfriend <laughs> got invited to like K-Fed's for poker night. And I was like, come on, let's just fucking go. And we went. And we get there and we go to go to the bathroom and like in the bathroom, there were like the potty training things for the kids. Yeah. And it just made me feel like so you shitty. You did coke I'm off it? I did. Oh my God. <laughs> I mean, it was, I mean. <laughs> I mean. I mean, no, I feel like this was my stoner era. Um, But me and my girlfriend were like stoned in the bathroom and we're like looking at each other and we're like, this is like really weird. And we ended up leaving and K-Fed kind of just fell out of the scene on his own. But, like, just, it was so weird listening to the book, like, just remembering that exact time in L.A. Yeah. And, like, I don't know, like, how how they treated, like, how women were treated. Because it's like, if K-Fed would have been doing the same thing, like, none of this would have gone down. Yeah. Yeah, it was wild. I mean, just the whole, like, Britney phenomenon it was so wild. And the way, like, it was like tabloids and Perez Hilton and it was like everywhere she went, it was just like a fucking shit show. It was a and shit storm. I remember us like bringing up like, like what's going on? Like what's like, we wanted the tea too, because it was all unfolding before our, all of our eyes, like with us weekly. And I remember this was about the time that she shaved her head. That's where I remember, because I remember being like, Oh, like maybe he is the good one, you know, like maybe she really like was crazy or whatever. And like he's being a good dad. But now reflecting back, I was a little 20 year old girl and I wasn't the only one. I was just a number. You know what I mean? To them, that's how I look back at those days. It's like I was just a number. Like I was one of the 12 girls that were like invited to these parties and stuff. Um, wow. 
And like, yeah, it was just a really eye-opening. And like, I've, I ended the book like in silence. Like I needed like 20 minutes to like gather my thoughts because it was just like such a like, I thought I was like living in this like glamorous time. And really it was like, at the same time, Britney Spears was going through like such a traumatic moment in her life. Yeah. But do you remember going to my house and opening her mail with me? Yes, yes, so much. Why were you rifling through Britney Spears' mail? Well, Willem? Li little known fact, March 2007 was when um, my ex and I bought our house from Britney's manager, Larry Rudolph. Mm -hmm. And we would constantly get, we got flat screens delivered from the Grammys. We got so much swag delivered to our house that people were meant to give to Britney. And they would send demos and things to Britney, Ashley Parker Angel, Khalees, all this stuff to Larry's personal house or what was his personal house. And I would collect all the Britney mail and around parties, we'd all open up some Britney mail. And always it was like fun, but then there was like a letter from prison, which was kind of like scary and talked about the guy wanting to put his balls on her shaved head. And it was just like, God, she's just, she's a, a woman who has to deal with all of these people sending her these things that they think about her 24 7 and some of it's disturbing i kept the letter so i know that people mistake you for derek barry a lot so is, it, <laughs> is, it, is that why you got britney's name <laughs> no but i do think derek is missing an opportunity because he has not had a picture come out with this pose and say derek barry the woman not in me this should De be derek, derek barry the, the two men in me <laughs> that's that's <laughs> two husbands. And then uh, Nick San Pedro and Nebraska are on the back cover. Absolutely. Book jacket. Honestly, I hope they do. Um, now, Chanel, you have a lot of new things going on in your life. Sparkle headphones, uh, a pink microphone. One could think that she is a podcasteress. Because <gasps> she, she is. She is a podcaster now. I have I have finally started my podcast, which I've been talking to the two of you about for fucking years. So and thank you so much for joining us for this segment. We're going to take a break. <laughs> no, I love that you're actually doing it. But because I, I feel like a lot of people are like, you know what? I'm going to start a podcast. And then like they kind of do. And then they kind of put out an episode. And then they like kind of let it fall off. Like you're really dedicated. You have a new like ridiculous like queen on every fucking episode mm -hmm. coming out regularly and mm -hmm. uh it's really cool and social media assets <laughs> yeah you both have been on it now well i don't know when this episode will air but willem was on this week's episode and you were a couple weeks prior how, mm -hmm. how did you guys have fun because this is all like really new for me yeah, oh, yeah. i had fun i okay. i i that's what you wanted me to say right <laughs> no, I want the real ice. tea. It's been very Hard therapeutic ice. for Hard me. Ice. I feel like I feel like especially Willem's episode, I felt for the last 10 years of my life like a little traumatized by leaving Drag Race. Now that I have time to reflect back, I was just I felt scared to to publicly put out anything with you guys. Um and so it's kind of been like liberating for me to get to talk to you guys on on air and and hit hit release, you know, like let it out for the world to hear. So mm -hmm. yeah, mean, there, there's a Carrie Bradshaw fantasy aspect to your life that a lot of people who don't know you, um, don't realize because 
there's plenty of people listening to this podcast right now that would love to say they were on Drag Race for even one day on set, just as a fly on the wall. And you were there for years working with all of the people that they love with all this tea and insider dish and you've, you, you've seen the man behind the machine and stuff and you have pictures with RuPaul. You live this LA fantasy girl life and it just shows that like people that chase their dreams and that like try sometimes succeed, you know? And I think you're, you're, uh, what's the word? Uh, like a guiding star to a lot of the girls out there who come to our shows and who love drag queens. You found a way, not that you even tried to work with drag queens. You found your way in Hollywood and you like forged your own path and you're still doing it and you're more successful every year. We're still telling you to shut the fuck up, (laughs) but like this podcast really shows like how you've developed relationships with queens and how each queen has taught you something like whether to not do cocaine with your K nail or to like how to get out of your third DUI or, you know, you have someone else blowing it in the car. (laughs) It is. It's crazy. From K fed to drag Queens. It really has been a journey. And like one that like, I don't know. It's like you said, like it was nothing I ever asked for, but like, the signs were there and and it all makes sense. And I think back to that one night, if I didn't go to that one fucking dinner, I would have never gotten the job on Drag Race and my whole life would be different. Always go, um, always do a lap, at least, you know? You're smart. Exactly, yeah, like I was about to give up and, and I didn't even know lap, I wanted to work. Always have a lighter. So, and you two really inspire me. I mean, your podcast and the, and the, and the legacy, the two that, the two of you are building has really inspired me um, to keep pursuing my dreams. Well, you're amazing. We love you. The, Reach the for podcast the stars is called Shut Up one. Chanel. No, I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> That's a Raven bef- quote. Oh, yeah. Before we go, I want you to tell the story of when you went up to RuPaul and you said, I love listening to your uh, music to work out. Do you know this? Do you know this? Yes. No. <laughs> Tell me, babe. I, I had just started on Drag Race, and I discovered the RuPaul album. And <laughs> I, at that time, yeah, I was like, I was just, like, Raja said it before, I was like um, that scene in fucking. Uh, you were an interloper, a new person. Yeah, I was just trying to take it all in. And so I, w- I was in having a fitness journey at the time. And every time I would go to the gym, I would put on RuPaul, and I would work my fucking, like, it got me in the mood. Like I was like cardio machine. And yeah. so that next day I was like so excited to tell RuPaul I had listened to her music. <laughs> so <laughs> I like real, I am obsessed with, um, I'm obsessed with your music. I've been working out at the gym to it. Like thinking she was going to be like, fuck yeah, isn't it like a club banger? <laughs> and she goes, that makes me so happy. Aren't the lyrics so inspiring? <laughs> <laughs> I say this all the time to people. I'm like, yes, it is very inspiring. And then just walk away. (laughs) Like RuPaul, what was it? Response of Trinity. My (laughs) response of Trinity used to be my, I don't even know if I could say that. Don't forget, don't forget that that you are, yes, you're true, true for all of us. We are all stars. 
That song hits for me too, girl. I understand. Oh, it Champion? Is. Like, I could still get emotional listening to the song Champion. But Champion I think it's is so good. It's so fucking good. Um, but yeah, that's like an iconic moment that I'll always remember that's because I, so I didn't know funny. what to say after. I was like, <laughs> totally, totally. <laughs> Just back out of the room. Like so, oh, I was God. like, I mean, you know what? If you can't believe in yourself, how the hell? Are you going to believe in anyone else? Mm -hmm. (laughs) Thank you so much for joining us, Chanel. The podcast is called Shut Up Chanel, and we encourage you to listen. Thank Mm -hmm. you. Thank you so much. Please listen. And I wish I I slept with K-Fed so I had more to tell you. (laughs) Honestly, we're still disappointed that you didn't at least blow them. (laughs) Well, there is this one image that I have in my head of me like grinding on him at Boulevard 3. But that's his... That and some, you know, barbecues I got invited to. But Did he chub up? He was cute. I, I mean, yeah. You felt the thickness, huh? I felt the thickness. Mm, got a girl. <laughs> That's our Chanel right there. <laughs> I always thought of K-Fed. I'll end on this. I thought K-Fed was a low, like a low, what's that? Like an Amazon version of Justin Timberlake. Oh. And not, I think that's that what he was. in the mail. I think that's what he was to her as well. I'm going to say it. Because the one thing I got out of that book is like a first love really fucks you up. Yeah. Thank you, Chanel. (laughs) Thank you. I love you guys. Bye, Chanel. Love you too. Bye. I love you. For the past month, we've been watching a humanitarian crisis play out on the global stage. The violence happening between Hamas and the Israeli army is truly horrific. And as you already know, we are not experts in global politics, but we do try to bring light to these issues and talk about world events through Mm -hmm. Let's Get Political. It's why we started this portion of the show, to educate ourselves. So we have an informed guest joining us for the show to give us more information. Yes, and our guest today is a public health advocate whose work primarily focuses on HIV prevention. He is an ACT UP New York member, as well as a member of Jewish Voice for Peace and Jews for Racial and Economic Justice. And you can find writings of his in publications such as Teen Vogue, Out Magazine, The Advocate, The Body, uh, and Hey Alma. Please welcome our guest today, Jason Rosenberg. Hi, Jason. Hello. Thank you so much for the warm welcome. We specifically asked you to email us your music tracks, but we didn't get them, so I guess this will be a spoken word section. I didn't. I didn't get the memo. I'm so sorry. You could do. You could do a number after. Don't worry. We'll, we'll okay. Get the DJ okay, DJ Pickles to cue something up for you. <laughs> so it just as like a as like an overview here. Can you give us a breakdown of what has happened between Hamas and the Israeli government over like the past month? Yeah. Um, well, I think it's important when we think about this political climate that we're in, that both Palestinians and Israelis are facing. It's our duty to look beyond a day or a month um, and to know and to understand the violence that we're seeing today is the bubbling result of a 75 year siege of a people. And that's what happens um, when the root of a nation state is entrenched in othering and forced displacement. Um, and an occupation of a community. 
And I think the Jewish Voice for Peace Men initial statement, you know, after the October 7th attacks, really said it best that the root of violence is oppression. And without a doubt, when Hamas attacked Israelis on October 7th, which resulted in 1,400 civilian deaths and over, you know, currently 200 hostages, it was a vicious and cruel act. But we have to think about the broader picture and we have to contextualize that this is beyond um, an attack. This is um, beyond a moment. This is a long haul um, siege of the people and yeah. that we don't build coalition on um, occupation, that we don't build coalition on existing and ongoing genocide, that we're now seeing over 10,000 Palestinians, 40% children that have died as a result that have nothing to do with the Hamas attack, that are just civilians in, Pal in Palestine, existing yeah. West Bank and Gaza that have now been caught in the crossfire of a really unjust um, situation. I think what Palestinians have found that Hamas does not reflect their values and does not reflect who they are as a movement. And um, that's what we have to contextualize when we think about the pro-Palestine movement, when we think about you know, extending support uh, to our Palestinian siblings, that this does not reflect them. Right. I mean, it's it's a very like complicated sort of dynamic that has been going on for like a really long time. And like, I feel like there's like so much information now that I'm like, I just I just had no idea. Like, like and and like, how is the U.S. involved in this whole the whole thing? Yeah. And I think when we think about a situation like this and the implications the issue is both complicated and not. Um, as, as mentioned, when a nation state is rooted in systems of oppression, including apartheid and a senseless and unjust occupation, the results will hurt everyone, Israelis and yeah. Palestinians alike. So when we fail to see each other's humanity, uh, we have lost all hope for coexistence. And, you know, the acts of dehumanizing and othering of people is not even foreign to queer people, and especially uh, to queer Jews like myself. When we dehumanize and other, and other people, it leaves room for harmful policy that almost leads to hate-induced violence. And of course, you know we we're seeing in the U.S. over 400 anti-trans bills, and that's no different for what the Palestinians are facing abroad. That dehumanization and othering, and then an apartheid and occupation that exists today really manifest into really harmful policy and now into mass violence that we're calling a genocide. And um, Alaska, you mentioned how the U.S. is involved. Every fiscal year, the U.S. aids billions and billions of dollars of foreign aid to Israel's robust and militarized army. And that really is guided by leadership in Israel. And if we know anything about Israeli leadership right now is led by um, Benjamin Netanyahu for over a decade. So when we think about, you know, a lot of claims that Israel is the only democratic state in the Middle East, you think, how can a leadership continue for over a decade? That doesn't sound kosher in the Jewish language. That doesn't sound kosher, does it? Mm -hmm. um, 
So because Israel has been a staunch ally, because the U.S. has been a staunch ally to Israel, these are irrefutable funds, meaning like usually these aren't like no questions asked. They're accepted. They're sent to Israel. And it's like do as you will type of thing. So, um, and, you know, in addition to that, the U.S. has such influence for how Israel acts, both based on this funding, but also decision making power as well. Why do we give them money? Is that a basic question? Like, I know that the UN, like, basically helped form the state of Israel and everything. But does, why do all the countries from the UN that helped form Israel give it money? Or is it just the US? Is that? No. Yeah, no. Um, the US has been a major supporter of Israel. So not every uh, UN sovereign state does that type of funding mm -hmm. it is definitely um a focus of is of, of the u.s foreign policy so this is something that you know happens every year um and i think for the first time in decades where there's a really new and informed voice that is saying why is this happening that's asking what you're asking yeah. why i yeah. i mean from what i know which is the very little wars have been fought mostly around the world because of religion for the past 3000 years. And I know that this is like an ancestral land for, um, for, uh, Judaism, the Palestinians who live there, are they there? They've also been there thousands of years. Are they the ones that like in Prince of Egypt were like making Moses cross the red sea? Like, is that does it date back that far? Like, how long have Israeli and Palestine people been fighting for this land? And why can't they just live together? Like, do their religions like contradict each other or something where they can't just like I live next door to Hasidic people and you know I know I'm I'm trying to lowest common denominator it to understand it, but like what's the problem over there? No, so I don't think our the religions are the source of conflict. If anything, our religion of, in Judaism like tells us B'Tselem Elohim, which means that all humanity is created in the image of God. Yeah. And when we're thinking about our values and our instincts that are rooted in these truths and into these beliefs, we also say Tukun Olam, which means prepare the world. Um, that means for everyone. So that means Jews and Palestinians alike. And when we say never again, when we evoke never again from the Holocaust, we mean never again for anyone. So mm -hmm. um, when we think about far back, as Willen's mentioning, um, you have to think, like I mentioned, uh, a 75-year siege. And so 75-year siege, that means back in 1948, you have to think about the Nakba. The Nakba, if you want to dig some more research, um, was when this mass forced displacement of Palestinians happened. That's 700,000 Palestinians that were uh, forcefully displaced, what many call ethnic cleansing, which I include um, calling it ethnic cleansing, when over 15,000 Palestinians were killed as a result. And this was a war over land, and this was a war based on Zionism, that Jews um, are meant to be on this land, and that that uh, the struggle is not meant to coexist. So I think when we're, as I mentioned, when we're rooted in these oppressive audiologues, there is no way that we could coexist together. 
And I think it's essential that we're building collective struggle together, that we're building coalition together, that when Jews are, you know, showing up in protests for for uh, Palestinian freedom, when Jews are showing up from DC to Grand Central and mass to say not in our name, that is the source of coalition. And that is how we'll hopefully uh, get peace. I saw um, a clip. I was hanging out with Milk today and she was trying to explain some of the, the stuff that's happening over there. And I saw a clip of an Israeli soldier or ITF or something um, like beating up these Hasidic guys. And I was like, wait, aren't they on the same team? And she said that uh, some Israeli, some Jewish people in Israel right now are protesting the fact that lives are being lost. And these are like old Hasidic men and these like brutal police people are throwing them to the ground just for talking. It's not like they have guns or they're threatening anybody, but is it such like, is it like Nazi Germany where it's like not allowed to talk against the people in power over there? Like, because some people obviously who live in Israel don't agree with all this. Oh, absolutely. So the clips you're talking about are anti-Zionist Jews that um, are being faced with police oppression because of speaking out against the injustices of Palestinians. So that's, and we don't even see that um, just in Israel. There are laws in Germany that um, basically deny the right to protest against Israel. There are laws in um, the UK, for instance, that don't allow Palestinian flags to be flown. So these are really awful and harmful legislations that are meant to um, deny the acknowledgement of of what's what Israel is doing, basically. Who gave um, Israel the power to, or sorry, who gave, who was the person that evicted those people from their houses in 1948 for the Nakba? Was that the UN or was that like some sort of like coup for the land or like, is, was this a, like a political plot on the world's part to do this? How did it all happen? So a lot of this um, is about Jewish safety. So, um, you know, when the Holocaust happened um, and, you know, we lost, you know, millions of Jew- Jewish lives, um, that ma- that manifested into basically policy that, um, and it kind of upped the ante for Zionism. And as a result, um, under British mandate, that's what created the Nakba. It was the help of, um, you know, British forces that assisted the Israeli army to forcefully um, displace and unfortunately murder a lot of Palestinians who were already indigenous to the land. Uh, okay. So I guess what what um, should we be doing? Uh, like as U.S. citizens, like what should we be doing? What can we be doing to... I don't know, help. Can we vote not to send our money over there because we got enough shit going on here? Or is that like turning a blind eye to the world's other problems? Like, I feel like taking a stand, like if you're listening and you're mad, sorry, you should be mad because everybody else is too. We don't, we have no idea what's going on in this world or why this is happening. Yeah. I think we're faced a reality that 
our taxpayer Monday money is aiding genocide right now. And we yeah. should be infurious and we should be disgusted with how our taxpayer money is being used in this way and is being weaponized under the guise of Jewish grief. And that is disgusting. So that is why we are mobilizing. We shut down the Capitol Rotunda where we had over 300 arrests. We shut down Grand Central last Friday um, where we had another over 300 arrests. It is a way to um, come together to say again, not in our name, that no one is safe until all of us is safe. It is support. It is to support uh, the legislators that are calling for a ceasefire. So we have Rashida Tlaib and Cory Bush that have um, introduced resolution for a ceasefire that is growing and growing by number because we are speaking out. Um, just last night, uh, and I don't, we're not cousins, but Rabbi um, Jessica Rosenberg. Um, just interrupted a Biden uh, speech to say, I'm a rabbi, please, we demand you uh, speak on behalf of a ceasefire. Um, mm -hmm. You know, Jewish leaders, no, no, he still refuses to use the words ceasefire. So this is what we're up against. We're up against um, staunch allyship. We're up against leadership that does not, um, you know, doesn't want to see an end to this. So it's important that we call our legislators, that we show up in support, and that we use everything in our power to end the genocide of Palestinians, and that we, in turn, end apartheid. Yeah. Wow. Well, thank, thank you for you. coming on, Jason. And yeah, anybody, thank anybody you. that's listening, follow Jason at my name is J Rowe on Instagram and X, I'm guessing Twitter. Yeah, yeah. And I also want to give a shout out to Jewish Voice for Peace, who has been turning out action after action. I've participated in three of them. I got arrested for two. Um, another organization that's important is Adela Justice Project. Um, make sure that you're following um, important voices, important Palestinian voices that are speaking out against this. Um, we're having the suppression of support for Palestine right now. So it's important now more than ever that we all are together in this. Thank you so much for joining us. And we're gonna put those um, those social media pages in the um, description of this episode. Awesome. Are you ready for your number? Cue up, my name is Barbara. <laughs> people, people. <laughs> Love. Alrighty, we are back, and this is the moment where we go spelunking, unking, deep inside, inside the DMs. The DMs. <laughs> this is from T. Hey, shapeshifters. <laughs> After a long break from doing drag, I, I recently got the itch again, and it burns. I had been doing drag occasionally for around six months to express myself and have fun going out, but I was never able to master covering my mustache and my eyebrows. I've attached some pictures for my last three times doing drag. 
Do you have any tips for covering eyebrows and mustaches for a hairy person? Any other tips in general are appreciated. I've also attached my bum and not quite a drick pick. What do you mean cover your mustache? What are you talking about? A, all the pictures are in the wide, so we can't see it anyway. But Show me that mm, mug. You don't glue down your mustache, do you? Don't do that. That would look absolutely crazy and disgusting. I think he means the color throw showing through, which means oh, well, he's that's not, easy. That means well, it's easy. What you do for your beard isn't necessarily what you do for your eyebrows. Some people do, no. but for eyebrows, I've found what works best for me is glue or whatever you do to get them flat and solid. Glue. And then I do white cream. Some people have to do a coral cream and then another thing over it foundation or something to cancel it out and then they put another thing over it to highlight like their brow bone i think putting the white down a white cream and then a white powder and neutralizing it that way makes an easier base because otherwise you're putting on three things and then an eyeshadow color usually like glue color correct foundation powder at the minimum and then an eyeshadow or an eyebrow pencil or so that makes it difficult for that. But if you're just trying to cover your mustache, color correct it out with with like an orange, a coral or an orange, and and then sh- you do your foundation over it. So you would do like coral over your mustache area if that's like you're you're really showing through, coral or orange, and then you do your foundation over that, and then powder as usual. And I agree with what you said about the eyebrows. I think that there's like a tendency to like fixate on the eyebrow and it's like it feels like if I keep doing more like it'll cover better but actually like less is kind of more and so like absolutely clean them with alcohol before you start glue sticking like this is going to make your life so much fucking easier and then glue stick and then yeah set it with powder and then do like I love your idea of like a white cream like I do like a sort of thin liquid foundation over it because it all gets covered with makeup anyway that like you don't have to completely neutralize it you just have to like figure out what is going on that area is it going to be eyeshadow probably and i'd like to figure out what's going on in this area in the front because she is some polo ralph lauren um boxer jockey briefs barely containing his manhood it seems to be like kind of, you know, saying hello. It's like sort of pressing outward. Oh, he's definitely like, chubbed up for sure. Yeah. I'm worried about these wires in the back. This power strip does not look like it's capable of handling all that energy. This what about this ass, though? My God. Uh, kaboom. Um, kaboom. Yeah. Baby, this Take is my thong right. off and my ass go boom. 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 Yeah, I um, mean, my God, it's just round and just it's just out so there big. Just it looks so like one of those big. drag girls' girlfriends. I love how we like aren't even talking about her drag pictures. We're like, show us the dick, show us the ass. She looks pretty in drag too. She does a headpiece. That one headpiece. Yeah, is what really is that? Nice. I thought it was a wall decoration. It's oh, very no, it's Ivy Winters. It's very like newspaper, like kind of fantasy. Mm-hmm. It's cool. Yeah, She's, that's and a the cool. Shoe, look. The shoe matches. The shoe matches for sure. And look at all these necklines. They're very high. It's clear he does not want to shave that hairy chest. Well, some, you know, some girls like to do, you know, a uh, more covered up look. Uh-huh. 
Uh, this next, next message, message comes from Tyler. Hello, dolls. I need help. My name is Tyler, and I have a friend we call Ben, fake name for anonymity, who identifies as straight. <laughs> Ben's name course- is actually Kyle. <laughs> Kyle <course> Henderson <laughs> from Plainfield, New Jersey. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> this is making you shit up. Over the course of meeting a year We've and done a, half a little again. digging, and we found out that <laughs> Ben is actually... <laughs> we rented a backpack. <laughs> um, over the course of meeting a year and a half ago, we've become very close. Oh, he identifies my... as straight. Sorry, that's the lead. And Sorry, we don't want to that. He's my best friend. We have an undeniable magnetic chemistry that even our friends see and question. Here we go. (laughs) We know where this is going. I never had a thing for him until about a year ago when we innocently made out at Club Q. He initiated the kiss. Slowly after that, I've grown feelings for him. He now lives and got married to a woman who is totally not right for him. I'm the only one who thinks so. Oh, wait. I'm not the only one who thinks so. Mm. Even though he is married, Ben and I still flirt, touch each other inappropriately, Uh. and can't keep our little model hands off each other when we're together. It took a while, but he finally admitted to me that he does like me and is attracted to me, and if he wasn't with his wife, he would give us a chance. My question is, how do I let him know it's okay to explore his sexuality? He grew up in a homophobic household. He always says, I like you, but I just could never take a dick in my ass or suck a dick. I told him I would be the bottom and he doesn't have to give me head. I prefer to give head. I also told him I would allow him to hook up with a woman if he ever got the urge to. Ben and I are literally perfect for each other, but he's too safe in his relationship strictly because it's with a woman. How do I make him see I am the better choice? I know that sounds kind of fucked up, to his current wife, but everybody mm. agrees that him and I would make a better couple. Attached are some everybody. picks for priority Tyler. boarding. Thank you. You're my favorite podcast. All right. Everybody agrees. Tyler First has an eight-pack, a giant cock, and... Eight-pack and an eight-inch cock. Is is very cute. Um, uh, what do you think? Give me your opinion. First of all... Uh, you, you need to why don't you say all this to his wife who he's betrothed to who he has like a a legal and and emotional contract with because they cut her brakes <laughs> because it's really not fair to her because you're like well I'd be better it's like but he's not married to you he's married to her and so if you want to take it up with someone, you should take it up with her. Like, and, because it, just being like, oh, yeah, she doesn't matter. It's like, no, she actually does. She's like a major part of this equation. And it's really disrespectful to her. Like, he's he's married to her, bro. Like, he, he might, like, like dick. But, like, being straight isn't just a sexual thing. I think it's like a cultural thing. It's like he, in the eyes of his family, his peers and co-workers. He wants to be seen as a straight man. He wants to be married to a woman. Like, he benefits from that. He does. He's not interested in fucking dating a guy, from what it sounds like. Mm-mm, so, like, if, if he hang it up to... to he would, baby. There is plenty of men out there who are not married to women who, like, who you can fucking ha- have a relationship with. 
Um, I think there's also a way to sabotage his marriage and oh. come out with clean hands. But if you want Dress more on that, glasses and a wig, no one will recognize you. Then show up to her work. No, don't show up to her work. Wait outside her work. And say, <laughs> and say, Deborah, are you woman enough to come and speak to me? <laughs> Just um, girl, hang it up, toots. I know you want the forbidden as fruit. But what going if, after other women's husbands is tacky. I fucking hate it. I think it's so fucking rude to the woman. He needs to have a fucking conversation with his fucking wife. If he's bisexual and wants to be with men, like, that needs to be a conversation that happens. I fucking hate that. Guys online who are like, oh, I'm married. Ugh. Like, girl... <sighs> I always say my kinks are other people's boyfriends and never mind, I'm not going to say the other thing. Um, <laughs> um, so Alfred wrote in. He has a letter for us too. We have a message from Alfred. It reads, beautiful Willem, gorgeous Alaska, and handsome Big Dipper, and fuck anyone listening who is mean to you three. Oh. Thank you. People are mean to us? Tyler's wife. No. I exist in a... The inbox is only gold. I exist in a vacuum and Dipper... <laughs> inculcates us from any negativity. You need to vacuum those wigs, girl. Because... Uh. Okay. My name is Alfred. I'm 78 years old. Oh, My cool. gay animal is not a bear or a wolf. It would be a dinosaur. I live at an assisted living facility here in the best damn city, uh, Portland, Oregon. My hip mm -hmm. is not what it used to be, but I got two great friends I've made living at this apartment for us old folks. Uh, the three of us decided to try drag. We're doing a little talent show for the residents, and I just can't get over watching shows like Drag Race and listening to you all talk. I get choked up a lot because I've, I'm of that age where I had to bury all of my friends. And to see you all so proud and beautiful just makes it feel like all that crying and fighting might have been worth it. Oh, my God. Now we need some help. And I told my friends I would write into this podcast I've caught on to. My great nephew is gay, too. And he told me about your show. So I watch it along with the episodes of Drag Race. We have a local drag queen coming over to assist us with our makeup the night of the talent show. Is there any advice you can give an old person with wrinkles on that might, what might, work best for me. I have some health problems, so I don't want to look like a total fool. I just want to sing a couple show tunes with my friends. Is it okay to sing and not just lip sync? I don't have the best voice, but why not, right? We are going to to some to some used clothes stores to find our costumes. Any advice for us old timers on what to wear? I'm a bit nervous. I'm too worried about tucking because at this point my balls are so low. It it'll be easy to tape them back. I don't know how to do pictures to show you for any priority boarding, and I don't want to scare my great nephew asking him to send you dick pics. Stay beautiful. Stay true to yourselves. Don't let anyone tell you no. Alfred T. Sandberg from Portland, Oregon. Oh, what a lovely letter. Thank you, Alfred, for the letter. Um, I'm glad that someone has taken up Darcel's mantle of being the oldest drag queens in town. Honey. Honey. 78. Drag has no age limit. I'm glad that you're exploring yeah. it. Um, I would say my best tips are whatever hair you get, get something with bangs so you don't have to worry about covering your eyebrows because eyebrows as you get older get thicker and more unruly. So like if you or get a fall wig, out, then it's easier. That too. 
you get a wig with bangs or maybe a turban or a hat of some sort. And like softening layers around the face. Mm -hmm. That's always good for like, for like queens who are of a fantastic age. You can also and girls sing. Tape. Sing, girl. Sing out, Louise. Do it. Um, and having a mic makes you in charge. And you can, if you don't hit a note, you could be like, uh-oh, we'll circle back on that one to the next <laughs> chorus. You can literally make it anything you want. It's way easier than lip syncing. And for something that you're going to wear, I'd say find something with a good big shoulder because you don't want to have to deal with the corset and cinching and all that. Like a good impact shoulder or like a muff, possibly. Sure. S something statement. Star Statesman's Legends. You could do face tapes. I mean, they're they're a little bit of a pain in the ass. I mean, at 78, you should just wear your wrinkles proudly because you fucking earned them. Yeah, you fought but, for them and thank you. But if you do face tape, um, clean the area with alcohol first. Mm -hmm. Then don't just use the like tape itself. Like put spirit gum on the tape and then stick it and then, then yank it back. If mm -hmm. you want to bother with all that, that's really fucking, that's advanced. You don't need to do all that. And don't. earrings, get earrings. Earrings. And when you put on your lipstick, stretch your lips out like this and do it so it doesn't get in any of the wrinkles around your mouth. Okay? Yeah. That will be super helpful so it won't look like you did it with a um, a blunt pastel. And when you do drag, please have someone take pictures and send them the, send us the pictures because I really want to see y'all in drag. Me too, Alfred T. Sandberg. And I think... A, I think a, a good drag name would be Alfresca T. Sands. <laughs> Alfresca. Alfresca. That's a beautiful name. It sounds like a Alfresca good Alfresca Tiffany Sands. Yes. At the Sands Resort. <laughs> the Sands Resort, bitch. She's booked. Mm -hmm. She's the queen of Vegas. You know she is. Maybe now, we can book her for your next Art Pop show. We, we thank you so much for listening. And if you're in Los Angeles, Art Pop is coming Monday, November 6th. That's this Monday. It's the 10-year anniversary of Art Pop, Lady Gaga's, you know, incredible, groundbreaking, show-stopping, never-the-same genius, shit on it, throw up on it, sickening, another bus, club, another bus. Put it in a blender. House. Yes. Uh, get tickets using the link in my um, link tree on Instagram. And thank you so very much for listening to And thank you to Shut Up Chanel Perillo for coming on to talk about Britney and getting K-Fed at Half Mask and her new podcast, Shut Up Chanel. Yes, and thank you to Jason Rosenberg for helping us unpack all the horrific violence happening in Gaza right now. To learn more... Uh, follow Jewish Voice for Peace, Adala Justice Project, Breaking the Silence Israel. All, um, all of those will be in the episode description as well. And remember, please take a moment to rate and review our show on your podcast apps. And to sign up for Mom Plus Gold, visit mompodcasts.plus. Plus. And shout out to all of our Mom Plus Gold subscribers who are listening to this episode ad-free behind that good pussy paywall. Yeah. Follow us on Instagram at Willem, at the only Alaska 5000, at Race Chaser Pod, and at Mom Podcast. Stay safe out there, everyone. We will be back next week with another steaming, steaming. pie break, scalding serving of hot Scuttlebutt. M. 
Mom! To get access to our monthly video episodes and tons of bonus content, sign up for Mom Plus Gold at mompodcasts.plus. Hosted by Alaskan Willem. And produced by Big Dipper. Editing and sound design by Will Pitts. Executive produced by Willem Alaska, Big Dipper, Brett Boehm, Joe Cilio, and Alex Ramsey. Our theme song is by Alaska Thunderfuck 5000. Who, me? 